It's happening lady. right now. Are you? I do need this light. Oh, you do. Sorry, making it much more romantic. Well done. Yeah, it's Valentine's Day. No, I, uh, I put the light on. I, I looked at my face with uh, the shadows and was like, uh, I don't want that out there. Uh, I want a very well lit face, all the crevices beaming light. Yeah. Zoom in, folks. Zoom in. I um. I had a new line today where I was talking about Andy, and I, essentially it is affection plagiarism <laughs> is what it is. And when Andy, do, he does nicer things than I do. He is uh, more thoughtful. Uh-huh. And then later in life, I think to myself, what would Andy do? I could do that <laughs> for him. He might enjoy that. <laughs> and so that's what that is. That's affection plagiarism defined. So must be nice to live with a male who gets you cards right. on any day you're supposed to get a card. Right. Did uh, It's always weird to get a card. Like Nancy Cation created something when I was a child that I didn't know wasn't real. And, well, for maybe a minute because I have older siblings and they're like, that isn't real. And she created something called the Valentine Hippopotamus. <laughs> and uh, she was fun, man. She tried her goddamnedest to be. <laughs> she literally, she was like, "We are not gonna just, we are not gonna be a sad sack." Though there was a great deal of yelling as well. Um, but then she, because she had to get us on the straight and narrow. But it was mm-hmm. the Valentine hippopotamus. It just meant. Uh, I remember it was Starla or Ross or somebody said, "Go with it. It's free candy." <laughs> and uh, there are cupcakes. Don't say nothing. My dad used to send me a card every Valentine's Day. So I'm used to not getting those. It's been like six years, but you know. Yeah. Uh, it still sucks. It does suck. Did your mom, did you and your mom lament about it together at least? Um, no, I don't think so. Uh, I'm sure we talked about it. I don't yeah, know. You must have. Yeah. Had some sort of conversation. Uh-huh. I think Valentine's, I bought, uh, affection plagiarism wise, I bought a card when I was in some store that had cards. I, yeah. I was like, Andy would buy a card. I should probably buy a card. And so I bought a card and I gave it to him. I can't wait though. I need credit for this shit immediately. <laughs> so at like midnight last night, I gave him the card. <laughs> well, good. Uh, yeah, I forgot about it till I saw everyone's Valentine Day tweets this morning and I was like, oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. Here we go. All I know is tomorrow's the pool is closed, so I'm greatly inconvenienced. Oh, and, the I, and the pool time I had this morning, uh, it turned out this podcast I was supposed to do last week, they could only do it at the exact time I was supposed to swim. So now I'm cranky because I didn't get my swim in and I can't get it in after this because the pool closes at two. Oh, what a, you know what? Your pool is long and is, and I know that I've asked this before. You know, we'll have this conversation the 900th time. Okay. So cold it, I'd rather, no, it's only Jackie. No, no, infinity pool. That's what I was wondering. They have like an app. It's like a, but it's not an app because it's a real life thing that you put. No, I looked into it. It's like a $10,000 pool. Never And, um, you know, you shouldn't be in a pool without a lifeguard. You know, it, 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 it's a drowning machine in the backyard. It's a ba- they, they shouldn't have pools in the backyard, right? It should be illegal because they're so dangerous. You need lifeguards. You need a staff of people watching you swim. And that's what I get at a public pool. Oh, you're right. The buddy system. All yes. right. This is this is true. I that's how I was raised in Lake Michigan. They're like never swim alone. Never swim uh-huh. alone in Lake Michigan. And then I uh didn't have any friends, so I swam alone. Uh but yeah. I didn't swim that much cuz talk about cold. Lake Michigan doesn't really ever get not cold. So, I know, it really my, has to be hot. My grandfather was a lifeguard at Lake Michigan. Oh, was he? Mhm. The that's one that ended up playing football for the Gunners, which was a pre-NFL pro team somewhere in Chicago. One of my first jobs, uh, Darla got me the job. It was a door-to-door canvassing thing for Wisconsin's environmental decade. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It's where I learned that those door-to-door canvassers make 45% of what you donate to them goes to them. And um, it's not that I don't want to donate to the environment or support somebody in their work. I just wish I didn't have to just, like, I wish it wasn't the illusion that I was doing one or the other. Right. Um, But anyway, um, one of the guys who was a canvasser was, he, he got, he was on the Green Bay Packers walk-on. Oh, like, wow. Tried out, he tried out for the Green Bay Packers and he made it. I mean, he only lasted a season, like one season. And then, but, he, um, they, then they were like, no. Nah. Some kind of head injury? Because why was he doing door to door? Oh, no, no. Well, he was, the, no, he he was only on the, the Packers, I think, for less than a season. Mm-hmm. He The door to door canvassing thing is just a job. Okay. But he was a giant, giant man. He was like a six foot six black man who probably weighed over 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, but he was, um, well, good for him. That's a, that's to me, that's a success story. Any sort of professional sports career, whether it's triple a or walk on you, you did it to me. You're a comic who worked for five years and featured at the funny bones and then transitioned out. Good for you. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that definition of, I think if you, if you, if you worked it, Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a I don't have a horse in that race. If you want to call yourself a comic and you're a right wing pundit, I'm not happy. But I'm all, I'm also I know terrible comics who I'm not happy that they're doing stand up. So yeah. I mean, in both cases, it's really none of my business. I don't I don't know. Do like are you talking about that article now? No, a little bit. Did you know that Kyle is frozen? Hey, am I? Or, he, yeah. he's, or so, he's super still. He's so bored that he can't even move his body to respond <laughs> to our conversation. One of those two things was I had bad. gone into a fugue state. Of- <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, there was that weird article, but I wasn't going to bring it up because I don't I, I skimmed it. Yeah, it was a, it was hard to read all of it. It, it, it w- there was a lot there. Yeah, it was, it was like, it was including my name, by the way. Oh my God, you did, I, the I fact like, that you were not <laughs> I was like, it has nothing to do with you. What, what are you yeah, doing? I, well, it's weird. Like it was about like alt-right comedy, which may, I, I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't know what comics are doing, right? I don't, everyone's going, everyone's going insane and everyone's going, they're podcasting their brains out. And so who knows what they're doing? Uh, and they only have to appeal to their hardcore audience. Uh, and if that's where you're getting your Patreon money, who, who the fuck knows what you're going to say? You know, everyone, right. people are in different le- levels of desperation right now. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't track everybody. You know, I, I don't even listen to this podcast, so <laughs> I'm not going to be following oh other gosh. shit. You know, who listens to their own podcast. Oh my I'm God. trying to listen to it for clips. Yeah. But uh, best of luck on that. Yes. But, um, you know, I don't know. I, it, it's like the, there was Chris Italia, who's the owner of the stand. One of the owners uh, was spoken about. Um, I don't, I have to just say like he, he and Dave Kimowitz, who was stabbed to death uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, produced my special. They were in my house. I love them there. I feel like they are the godfathers of my child. You know, uh, I, when I have this footage of my mom that I was looking at, like the, all the footage, cause they interviewed my mom and my sister and me together. It's Chris who's, you know, keeps prodding her, trying to get a reaction out of her. You know, yeah, I'm like, yeah, welcome to my life, pal. Uh, you know, get, get a single emotion out of her. Um, but so what I read about him did not ring true for any way that I know him. And, uh, so that was, I don't know. I was just like, I I just don't see it, you know? Well, Um, and the thing is, is, is especially, and I, and I'm just going to say it is that a lot of male comics and male club owners act differently around women and especially uh, established women comics and women comics who who don't want to play like who aren't aren't like because i spent the first five or six Jackie, years of my life i'm very playful to be, i like oh. to play what are you saying i'm saying is that i spent the first five four or five years trying to be a, a good guy right i spent the first time yeah. trying to be a man try, trying to be a, a, a you know what one of the guys 
Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, I was just like, well, this is exhausting. I can't uh, sustain because it, it always it was always in a situation where there was a terrible conversation that was right. happening. Right. And then I would laugh it up because I was one of the guys. Right, right, I do right, want right, to yeah. be one of the guys when you're talking about who books that weird one nighter in rural Wisconsin. That's totally- why. Yeah, that's kind of why you you fake it the other times you're trying to participate. Yes. Right. Right. It took right. Because you're trying to participate. Yeah. Here's the thing, like, it's it's so, comedy is, I, I don't know if there's another profession like it, right? There's like five, 7,000 of us, we're all independent contractors. So you will spend a week with somebody, maybe, or Friday, Saturday, or whatever, with someone who is certifiably insane, or a complete, you know, political lunatic, as far as you're concerned, and you figure out how to get along with them, because you that's your, who you're working with that week, you know, yeah. or you sit at a table. I sit at, sat at many tables on both coasts where we're all doing spots at the club that night. So we're all hanging out that night. And I know this person doesn't vote remotely the way I do, or think I should have the right to have an abortion or, you know what I mean? Like, okay, we'll, we'll find some common ground. And the other thing is sometimes you can, depends on the person, but like, I think some of the, like the stuff about cringe humor, it came up during the tough crowd era and tough crowd was all about comics, uh, shitting on each other lovingly <laughs> at the comedy cellar. And it was, it was brought to TV. Right. And Colin was sort of the, the puppet master basically, but you'd have, you know, you'd have the Nick DiPaolo and Greg Giraldo who are ideologically very, very different on the same show. And they, and everyone would, they would pile on each other, but then it would sort of be a joke. And that was like kind of the, it was a rough way to be, but that was kind of what everyone was doing, you know, right. and, and that was and the, the aspiration. It, right. And that is something that literally professionals, these yeah. are guys that had known each other for 15, 20 years. And they were, they were, they, they, they knew how to do it. Yeah. Right. It was, uh, the, the people that were copycatting that cringe, cringe came. It's sort of like, ironic. Well, they were like fans, like cringe was made up of fans yeah, of that that's comedy. What it is. And then, and then it, they became, they own, they own. Then, the, then they wanted to be to comics and they were like, this is the kind of comedy I want to do. We're in not seeing someone who came up sort of like how Picasso Yes, just like Plenty the Younger. But uh, oh man, here we go. Like Picasso painted a bunch of squares and everybody's nose was off. Or this uh, art is my life. Anyway, but the, what I'm saying is that um, well, I yeah. Guess. Well, Pollock went to uh, art school and then he ended right. up just throwing paint over over shit. Okay. Yes, yes. So it's so, very different. So, but but what I want to say is that. It's the same with ironic racism. People heard Sarah Silverman and Zach Galifianakis doing jokes um, as ironic racists back Mm -hmm. in the late 90s. And they were like, that's funny. You're like, no, no, they're funny. And they're making that. (laughs) Right. And sometimes it might not hold up. (laughs) And it doesn't work work in 20 years. And it wasn't always funny when they did it. Yeah. Right. It was still hit and miss. Right, 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 right. But they had been doing stand-up long enough that they that they were and they were coming from a place and they were performing to a people. You know, yes. there were a lot of things going on, and cringe humor came from fandom of mean ball busting. It's yes. sort of like ball busting, yeah. exactly. Just the creation of the of the roast thing too. Right. But the other like another thing that's you know weird or where comedy doesn't fit in these boxes where, where like, if you looked at all the white male comics in that piece, 90% of them, their favorite comic, Patrice O'Neill. Okay. Patrice is black. Uh, was he's dead and they would kill their white baby to bring Patrice back for another special, you know? So it's, it's, it, I don't think it fits in all these boxes that people are saying comedy has always been incredibly sexist stand-up comedy, right? Nightclub comedy has been, so, you know, whether there's pockets of it in different places, it's, it feels familiar, sadly. (laughs) Well, at this late, almost everything is familiar to us. Quite honestly, all kinds of comedy is whatever you're doing. I've seen a version of it. Yes. 
And yes. I and I either like your version of it or I don't like your version of it. But that doesn't mean you don't get to do it. Yeah. Well, you know, people do whatever their audience lets them, you know. And if you're going to be a dumb troll, you're yeah, you can I guess you're that's that's totally legal. You can be a stupid troll. It, it, it it's I listened to this um uh this American life that Dante Nero did a couple years ago. Do you know do you know Dante? I don't. Okay. Not offhand. I mean, I probably do. <laughs> like it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I love him. And we did like, we were in a writing group. There used to be this little writing group. We met casually joke machine in Jackie Cation lingo. We'd meet at Starbucks. It was like Dante, Ross Bennett, me, Corey Kahaney, sometimes Jessica Delfino. And we would just throw ideas around and stuff. And, and uh, so I've known Dante a long time and Dante has, you know, uh, very uh, regressive ideas on the female and male roles. Oh, really? But you can, but you can tell him to his face, you're a dumb shit, and he'll laugh, and then you you could have like an hour long discussion, whatever, right? Right, and he might uh, write you a good punchline. Yes, I mean it's I don't know, it's just you know, it's like oh, all right, I, it, it, those are conversations that you learn to have as a comic because you're working with somebody that week, and sometimes people have like these batshit ideas, but they're also cool people. They just, when they go on stage, you're like, what the fuck? Your id is making you do that. Okay. So I'm not necessarily talking about Dante, but, but, uh, so he's also like listed as like a, a co-founder of Proud Boys, the Proud Boys, right? Because, oh, is he? Well, here's the thing. Back in the day, Gavin McGinnis, who's the proud whatever like he's done like he's the he's, founder right yeah, he's a proud he, boy guy right he's deported to canada he's canadian he's canadian don't let these fucking canadians get off like they're so <laughs> nice all the time okay they're going terrorists and send them to down here so um why would they so keep guess, them i guess according to this american life i was listening to it right uh dante and gavin mcginnis were friends right and they're you know common a bond that i would think it seems like is the, the proud boys ethics it's it's in Selly and women are XXXYZ, you know, whatever, all that kind of shit that drives you insane, what people say about women. And so he and Dante sort of bonded on that level, I guess. And then Gavin McInnes took it in a different direction and Dante was horrified and he disassociated himself with it. Oh, did he? But it's, it's a really good This American Life and it's a good interview with Dante. But, okay. you know, but... It, but if you don't know Dante and you just see that name and uh, Proud Boys and, you know, if you read his Twitter feed, you're like, what? I don't know. It's, it's Is he a New York comic, Dante? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, is, I, is he white? Is he a He's black. Oh, he's black. He's like 6'3". Oh. He used to be a stripper. He, um, he, and he also worked for Verizon. <laughs> And he was just, he's just a character, right? Yeah, he's, he's a, just a he's guy. A character. Yeah. All right. And he, he, even within his kooky worldview of women, he wrote jokes that made me laugh. Even though I'd be like, no, just like Nick DiPaolo, you know, would write jokes I would laugh at and then just go, but that setup isn't true because I know the fucking story you're referencing, right? You cherry picked, whatever. But whatever, people can still write jokes within whatever their wheelhouse is, even if I think their wheelhouse is insane. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It's, it, when I and then I know a lot of the other guys in that in that were in that article, and yeah, maybe some of them are. All, I don't know if they're. I, I I don't know. I actually don't want to know. Like I just want to go in, do my set, have a nice conversation. If all we have in common is we have kids and we're comics. That gives me 15 minutes to talk to you. I do my set and I get the fuck out. Like, I'm good. I don't need, we don't need to agree on everything. We just find our common ground and that's enough, you know? They're, they're called work friends. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But in, in stand-up comedy, a lot of our work friends are, you know, if you... If you they're in sound, the public eye. If you eye. looked at their Google history, you'd be like, oh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who, you know what? It's that's the ba that's the worst life choice you've ever made is to look yeah. at comics. Yeah, don't. You you want to know as little as possible about the comedians <laughs> you're working with every week. Trust me. <laughs> right, you but have to go very slowly into what you want to how how well you want to know another comic. Yes, I mean, how many times, especially when you're when you're coming up as a MC or feature, you're in the green room. You're it's a Friday, Saturday. You know, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. You're you're stuck with this headliner 
and they, you know, they own the green room technically, right? So they're spouting off and you're just hearing these insane theories or thoughts. And it's like, wow, that's, that's crazy. What's your intro? (laughs) You know what? Here we go. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the bar. Did you guys want anything? And, uh, and then you do a lap, and you're a servant. So the green room. But I feel like here's you know if the, if there's a comic that's doing sexist material, lazy sexist material, and they're doing transphobic, they're doing homophobic stuff, right? Stuff that that you can go. Oh, I know. Okay. I, I want to follow that comic because I'm going to undo what they just did to me. They're braiding something and I'm going to go up there and unbraid it. And then I'm going to rebraid it. Okay. And maybe that's what every comic does. And maybe the comic who does sexist stuff is like, Oh, I got to go up after that bitch. She's giving these women too much self-esteem. I'm going to take, but that's what a show is. Right. So I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I think I, I always just, my always, my solution to every problem in comedy is book more women. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not, yeah. it's not a bad, I mean, okay, so I talked to a vulture guy this week, vulture yeah. article guy, yeah. uh, asked me about, he wanted to do an article about closing, about right, things, right, right. about endings, yeah. and then, and so he wanted to talk to a bunch of comics about their clo- closing bits. Yeah, not my closing bit, but who's my, uh, some other comics closing bit, at which yeah. point I wanted to go, have you seen mine? Have you seen <laughs> my closing bit? Anyway, if, if, but I if no one mentioned me, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I picked uh, Stuart Lee in his, um, if you yeah. wish for a milder comic, please ask for it or whatever, because it's a 20 minute bit about a saying about, is it pickles? No, it's a cider. It's a pear okay. cider. Pear cider. Oh Christ! Right oh, I gotta see it. I haven't seen oh, it. Jesus H. It's uh, it's twenty minutes it's anyway. Genius. So, we're talking, and um, but I was telling him about that closer, and then I was also telling him about this guy that I featured for in the nineties. I've mentioned him to you before. I couldn't remember, and he and at the end of the story, the vulture guy was like, "Off the record, <laughs> what's this guy's name?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, "On the record." I don't know. And, uh, and if I did know, I would tell you cause he was a nightmare. He was just, he was 1400 miles. I spent with this guy, you know, from Minneapolis yeah. to Minot to Grand Rapids. Sure. To, um, and he wore, remember that, uh, pirate puffy shirt. Yes. I had one. I had some. Yes. Th- that's yeah. what he wore on stage with a vest. And he used to do mm-hmm. a joke about how he was dressed like a blackjack dealer mm-hmm. and he was from Atlanta, but he lived in Los Angeles and his closer was as well. 15 minutes. And it was entire, like he did 45 minutes of what he called male bashing. And then he did 15 minutes and it was all like, guys like to, guys like to drink beer and steal the remote. That was all that kind of bullshit. And it wasn't that good. Right. It was pretty mediocre and it was fine. And he was doing his job in the audience. And then the last 15 minutes he would, you know, you go to these one nighters, these little towns and every town has the same three characters, right? (laughs) And there's the hot girl who's super popular, but gets too drunk and ends up whatever. Right. There's the, uh, there's the kind of the, the belligerent dude. Mm-hmm. You avoid and the, you know there's a couple of tropes right and they're in every town so what this guy would do what what puffy shirt whatever fucking dude he would find that woman the sort of the best looking woman who was hammered and he would start in on her on uh against bitches it was just all bitches and, right. and money and and it was sexism and f- feminism as this and it was Terrible, whatever. Uh, but what he would do, he would pick, he would light him up. He would light her up so that she would start yelling shit. And then at the end of it, and so I'm like four, we're four cities in, mm-hmm. we're four towns into this run. Mm-hmm. And um, wait, three. And because we closed the weekend in Grand Rapids, so, or uh, Grand Forks. But the, uh, um, so by the third one, I was trying to cock block him because they would come up to him afterwards and then he would end up sleeping with them. Oh, God. In, it, was, it was like, I a, mean, it was like no a wonder sexual. these guys are sexist. I, I mean, know, they had like, everything they ever wanted. No, hang on a second. It was okay. like a merch closer. It was yeah. like a, where, yes. where he yeah, was yeah. selling merch, but he was trying to get someone to, it was, it was like that using the negging negativity thing. Yes. 
to, and then he would end up. So when we got to Minot, he did it to this woman. And I literally just, just stood in front of him. And I said, he's just, he's, he's trying to light you up. It's not going to get any better. Oh! And he wants to sleep with you. Please don't sleep with him. He's <laughs> Uh, and I just spent, you know, I just spent 700 miles with the guy. I don't want to, you know, and he was so mad at me. And, but, uh, you got to get in a car with him after that. Oh, he refused. We drove through blizzards and he was like, I've never driven in snow. I'm from Atlanta. You have to drive the whole way. And so we're driving through a blizzard from Grand Forks back to, to Mankato. It's so exhausting to drive through a blizzard. Yeah. Like every said, muscle is hyper aware. Oh yeah, my God. Yeah, yeah. And so I said to him, your job in this game, in this car then is to keep me awake. So tell me a story. And I, I am not kidding you. The story he told me was the history of World War II from the perspective of the Germans. <laughs> My God. <laughs> it was the worst. Hey, let's take a break for Max Fun. I'm Judge John Hodgman. And I'm Bailiff Jesse Thorne. Ten years ago, I came on Jordan Jesse Go and judged my first dispute. Is chili a soup? It's a stew, obviously. The judge has dispensed a decade of justice. He's the one person wise enough to answer the really important questions. Like, should you hire a mime to perform at your own funeral? After they cry, I want them to laugh. Do you really need a tank full of jellyfish in your den? They smell like living creatures decaying. (laughs) Only if they are decaying. Yeah, which they will be. Real people, real justice, real comedy. Winner of the Webby Award for Best Comedy Podcast. The Judge John Hodgman Podcast, every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. I don't know what time we're at. Or, Or as he called it, the perspective of the good guys. Right, right. It was literally that was oh it. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. Uh, and then T- Ted Alexandro, who I love, the great Ted. Let's do. Alexandro. Let's do comic of the week. Wait. Where? What, okay. You want to? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Let. Uh, let. Okay. Let me. I was just. We usually do them back to back. The max fun in this, but this is nice. We'll just talk. Yeah, like, man. There's no rules, Jackie. Okay. <laughs> We're in a pandemic. We don't need structure. Get out. Oh, my God. Um, Ted, did you see? The thing about SNL? Yes. He had a Zillow joke or something that they used on SNL? He he had a uh, looking at Zillow, likening it to watching porn, right? Is that me or you? Did you hear that? Okay. No, my Siri just went off. Sorry. Go away, Siri. Go away, lady. Um, so uh, he had a bit. He's he been doing it a while, doing it at the cellar, you know, doing it in New York. Yep. When you're doing you it where they New York. Yeah. That's where they shoot uh, the television program. Yes. SNL. So, um, so they, they, it was very, very similar. Their, their actual commercial and his, his, his stand-up set. A little bit. You can't. From his special. He had recorded. Yes, it's, it's like time stamped. And by the way, when someone records it on a special, that means they've been doing it for a couple of years ahead of that. No one's recording a a chunk brand new. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, he, he got pissed, which I understand. But you know what sucks is like, he can never do that bit. To me, like that, it's a funny bit. It's and it's one of those bits where if the crowd is stupid, you bring out your porn Zillow bit and you got them back, right? It's one of those everyone can get this one, and so it's a good one to have in your back pocket, you know. And yep. now when comedy comes back, he can never do it because right. SNL took it over, and, and right. because the whole time he'll be thinking, "Do they think I took this?" Yeah. Yeah. So, so he jokingly demanded $1 million. And then after, after that didn't happen, he, he said he was forced to up it to 2 million. And then <laughs> and he's got to change that org petition. It's very funny. He's, he's uh, playing it for all he can as yeah. he should as a father of two, who's living off their, his Patreon money. <laughs> Uh, good for him. And I think TMZ picked it up. You said didn't TMZ and vice. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, it's the, uh, it can also be parallel thought, you know, everyone is looking <laughs> yes. at Zillow. It's a porn joke about Zillow. Anyway, that doesn't mean that it, 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 it wasn't stolen. It just means it might've been parallel thought. Yeah. He, there were just, a couple beats that were like that felt right like- on the money. Yeah. Okay. But go ahead. Sorry. So I joined TikTok seven days ago right. and, um, I, 
I've just been posting one minute videos. I got clips of 35 years of stand up. So I'm just doing. And so I posted the spooky reading girl bit, which by the way, uh, there's still enamel pins fucking buy them. Uh, so, uh, the, uh, but I, I did, um, spooky reading girl bit, uh, from my NPR live from here set. 800,000 views. Oh, fuck. Yeah, and 700 comments where I'm just trying to like, like, like. But uh, many of the comics, I guess that there's some anime that also has a spooky reading girl in it from 2003, maybe. And I was like, guess who wasn't watching any anime? I mean, I I was just like, I, the story. Oh, did they accuse you of stealing? Oh, my God. They were oh like, this is anime. And it's, I think the anime has like, not my last name, but it's spelled cash Kiki or something or. Oh my God. And it's so weird. And, um, I'm like, well, don't worry about it. I'm not even verified on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but it was, it was, it was so many, it was so many, uh, it's so crazy that people are like, I, I, I now have. Like I, oh, shut up, shut up. Um, yeah, I'm trying to find, um, like how many people are, are following me. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, cause it went to, it went to something crazy and, um, did, did you see any increase in sales of any merch? Like were people going to your website because of that or anything like that? No, which is the, which is the weird thing because I was like, uh, I would like, um, I, I would sort of like that. Right. I mean, yeah, that would be an ideal. And, um, what I'm not getting for some reason is it was doing it before, but now it's not doing it anyway. So I don't know. Uh, but, but I couldn't believe, like I woke up and all of a sudden there were, you know, now there's 900,000, 913,000 people have watched. Wow. Yeah. Spooky reading girl. And almost a hundred thousand have watched the, cause I've essentially cut that, that bit is so freaking long. It's a three minute bit or four minute bit. And did you caption it and stuff? It's one of the captioned ones. Okay. So, but I did do a couple of ones that weren't captioned. And then I did uh, one of the ones that weren't captioned. I I pulled out that sort of uh, Iraq, Afghanistan um, chunk out of my Horcrux DVD Mm -hmm. uh, special. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the lines is about how Iraq is like Kinko's. And and I, you might've saw my tweet about it because I did. (laughs) What is Kinko's? Oh my God. So I don't know. I did, I did my uh, Sunday show this afternoon mm-hmm. and, um, I didn't do it last week and I just forget how much I like those people no. and a, a noon show yeah. and a noon show was so fun because it was, there was a guy from Denmark and someone from Switzerland. And one of the comics was from Germany and, and Tiff Stevenson from London did a set. Oh, cool. And, uh, and I picked a couple of comics. I didn't know very well, the one from Germany and the one from, um, Philadelphia. Um, and they were both, uh, they were both fine. They were both great. And it was, it was lovely. It was nice to, and Carmen Morales did a set and Judah Friedlander came on popped in for a sec. You can't go wrong, man. You can't go wrong with Judah popping in. Yeah. I I said, you have 10 minutes. And he said, yeah, when I get to 10 minutes, actually say something to me. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm going to wave at eight. And he was like, yeah, that's not going to cut it. (laughs) You should say, Hey, that was it. (laughs) That's cool. Oh, and Um, uh, and Jeff Tice, Jeff Tice, who did our new uh, logo. I love, I love our new logo. Yeah. He did a really nice job and Mm -hmm. he's actually going to do the art for my new album, which I will one day record. Um, Oh, that yeah. Album. I got to listen to stuff. Um, I did a, let's see the last set. I did. I have two tonight at flappers. Oh, do you? And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you like drive-ins again or no? No, 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 no. These are just zoomers. Zoomers? Yeah. Yeah. Um, w- yeah. One of them is interrupting my yoga workout. Jackie, I can't get a fucking workout in today. <laughs> I took the um, dog for three walks yesterday. Oh, talk walked. about your dog. I'll talk about my show later. Go talk about your dog. Well, let's do the comic of the week real quick. Cause I think now we're at 30, aren't we? We are 33. 
Okay. Katrina Davis. I worked with her on Zoom. She's an L.A. comic. She's very funny. Yes. Katrina Davis, K-A-T-R-I-N-D-A-V-I-S. But that's not her Twitter feed. What is it? It's Katrina Sivad. So Sivad is Davis spelled backwards, which uh-huh. I, with my brilliant mind, picked up immediately. <laughs> Why Jackie was like, it immediately. Katrina S. Ivad? No, Jackie. It's Davis spelled backwards. She was a little too smart for my Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well done, Katrina Davis. Uh, well, and I have to say, it was, um, I'm not good at those uh, personalized license plate either. I'm not good at that. <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, she was really funny. She's really smart. Good stuff. Yeah. Find her. Follow her. That's very funny. Uh, so, yeah, we got a dog. We went to the pound. Right. We think that this dog is from this neighborhood because we got, the Van Nuys Pound is literally a half a mile from our house. Mm-hmm. And uh, the dog, Gordy, is a, is like a Chihuahua mix. Is he Canadian? Gordy? Yeah. He is not. Okay. The Chihuahua mix, so he's, uh, I believe, Mexican ancestry. Uh, he speaks. Gordy's a very Canadian name. Oh, is it? It's, uh, yes. he speaks, uh, it was funny because my mother in law was like, does he speak English or Spanish? And Andy wrote back and said, he seems to uh, speak in belly rubs and hot dogs. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> That's French. <laughs> very. C'est vrai. And he, uh, but he is, we've lucked out with this dog. This is the most, I mean, this dog is, um, he's eight, he's eight years old and he only had Perfect. one family. He had one family. Oh, poor guy. So what happened? You don't, they had do to you know? Move, I guess they said they had to move and they couldn't take the dog with them. So, um, he's, sweet. he's only day two and he's pretty much settled in, you know, he was, and he's, we've, we've been put, we he said two nights and we just put him in the crate at, you know, when we go to bed mm-hmm. to sort of, you know, so he doesn't. So it's a place for him to, you know, be in his own space and stuff. And, uh, but, um, but he's super polite and I'm, I'm sure he'll act up at some point to test us for that is how dogs do. It tur- I took him for three walks yesterday. It turns out all I've ever wanted is a dog to walk. <laughs> <laughs> I've been so anxious. I was wish, I wish that I could have a crate. <laughs> Of crate for 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 uh, the the people adopted. Sure. Uh, well, that's great. I'm excited. Uh, Charmy is is killing me. She's she's just very high energy. She is a puppy, and she is a very strong puppy. When she I is. came over to the house the other day to drop yes. off the latest, um, when you put her on the leash and she just started pulling at the porch, and I was like, "That dog's <laughs> gonna pull down your porch." That is so a very. I have a leash around the porch so that she could be out in the front yard but not go too far. And uh, she, yeah, she's pulling against it, and it feels like she's gonna pull the house down. It really feels like yeah, uh, dog Charmy versus house. Uh, <laughs> Charmy's gonna might have a chance of winning. Yeah. Uh, so as soon as things get a uh, you know less COVIDy, I need. I, I need an in-person puppy trainer to deal with the jumping and the nipping because it's yeah. like, yeah, because she's also super strong. So any yeah. kind of nipping, you're just like, nope, nope, yeah. gentle, gentle. But she's um, very sweet. She is a sweetie, and uh, but she's an alpha as well. So we, I take her to this dog park, and uh, she, oh, she's just her? like it's like the two two dinosaurs. She just finds a dog that's bigger than her, and then they they wrestle. Um, and usually it's okay. Every once in a while, there's a curve fluffle, but she has a pretty good natured personality and, uh, she's not, she's not, uh, aggro in that way. So that's a relief. That's Uh, great. She definitely needs more physical activity than I was anticipating. And like before this, I was like, I don't know if I want my son to get his driver's license. You know, now I'm like the day he turns 16, if he can drive to the dog park every morning, uh, he can have a car. I'll figure it out. I'll I'll, I'll sell a body part and get him a car. But uh, I can't I can't be on the hook for this for the next 18 years. (laughs) Right, right. You got a puppy. I know. Right when when you were going to. Yeah. Well, I'm still I'm my plan to leave the country is still in it's in motion and we'll figure something out with Charmy. I'm not staying in America to take care of a dog. No. No, there's no yeah, that's yeah. And uh and and once you have her trained and as she settles down, she'll be a great dog for anybody. 
you know? Oh yeah. No, I mean, you know, her, my son will probably be able to take her or somebody will be, uh, you know, it'll be a temporary thing, but I, yeah, I will, an older dog. I will be doing one nighters in France six years from now. That is a fact. Good to know. Good to know everybody. <laughs> There's got to be a, there's got to be a four waller in Leon. You guys just go and let's figure it out. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, do you have sets this week? I have a bunch of, uh, I did a bunch of sets this week. So I was, I was, I was twitchy about, you know, I headlined at flappers and Aaron mm-hmm. Foley featured at holy shit. She's got a new bit about, lesbian movies and i i oh, yeah crying. i was laughing so hard it that's was, great and bamford came and did a guesty and, a, and a, a guy named ray yeah um emceed and he was very funny and uh that was nice and then i did three other shows i did two shows friday two shows saturday and then i did the sunday services today and um damn and I did like three people's podcasts. So oh, too much. <laughs> so much podcasting. Too much. Um, I, I did, uh, uh, Sam Barella has a new series of shows uh, mm-hmm. uh, called Naked, uh, Naked Comedy. And so I did one uh, that was a lot of fun on Thursday. And I felt like I had a few uh, little offshoots from existing jokes, you know? Yeah. Which yeah. Which made me excited. And then, um, uh, tonight, Monday, I'll be seeing a zoomer for flappers called the writers of Conan. It's just me and Brian Kylie, And then, you know, other people, uh-huh. and, uh, uh, and then Tuesday I'm doing a zoomer for Rebecca Kaplan. And then Saturday I'm doing a zoomer as well. And I'll post those on my, is the Monday flappers one. Is that a seven o'clock? Like they usually do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Tuesday yeah. I'm doing an Amanda Cohen at flappers Ooh. set. And then I'm, uh, I'm doing a Dan Mills set on Wednesday. I'm also doing Kurt, uh, Kurt Braunohler's new podcast. And then, um, and then I'm recording a couple of dork forests this week. Um, which should be fun. I'm doing a benefit for a guy with uh, ALS. That's right. With Rich Scheidner. Oh, wow. Sadner on Saturday. How, how's, wait, you just did a gig with Rich Scheidner, right? Yeah. Yeah. How's, done, he, how's uh, he doing? Is he live, living like in Arkansas or something? North Where's Carolina. And he's yeah. left. And get this, the biggest beard, the biggest beard. Like oh big my God. Beard. He looks like Dr. Zayas. He's so, that is from I don't Planet know who of the that Apes. Is. I'm so sorry. Planet of the Apes, uh, Dana Gould. Oh, uh, okay. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, to reference that, I'll watch a Dana Gould bit, not Planet of the Apes. But, um, <laughs> so it's, Fair enough. It's a Letterman-esque beard. Uh, yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Were you following all the, um, have you watched the Britney doc, first of all? No, no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm so sorry for her loss. Okay. Um, wow. But, uh, but I doesn't deserve your sarcasm. Oh, uh, it's true. She probably, well, but I think that the world has turned out, uh, they're just, I think every, I, I saw that, uh, Craig, what's his face? Ferguson? Of, yeah. Ferguson didn't make fun of her when, when it was cool to make fun of her. And she said, I, I only know that she's had all of her money stolen because of, uh, Babs. Because of Barbara. Oh, right. Yeah, because Barbara, Barbara uh, Gray and Tess Barker uh, kind of led the movement, and they are featured in the documentary. They've both been comics of the week. They're really funny, and they have their yeah. own podcast with Brandy Posey called Lady to Lady. Um, but, yeah, so uh, it was it was good, but then they kept they – were, they were just posting a lot of clips of Letterman creepily interviewing <laughs> – you know, Lindsay Lohan and stuff. And I, I was doing best week ever, like in 2006 and seven, you know, still don't be, it was 600 a week. Uh, well, you know what? The shows were kind of fun. I mean, we did live shows, but honestly, it would like, you get a packet the night before and it's like, Lindsay Lohan did this and, and the jokes are going to be that she's drunk and out of control. So you just write, you're kind of mean. Yeah. And, and half the time I'm like, who's this? I don't know this person, but uh, I guess I'm going to hate them. Okay, no problem. I'll just do my job to to write jokes about this person in this way. I mean, the Amy Winehouse jokes were nonstop. Yeah. Nobody, you know, uh, it, it was just, oh, drunk rock star trope, but it was with a girl instead of Ozzy Osbourne. You know what I mean? It just, it didn't, I didn't pick up on uh, how, I don't know. 
how much right. trouble she was in and and at uh, the time 600 bucks was 600 bucks so it, yeah it meant more than it does now it sure and i'm i'm still interested in 600 dollars <laughs> <laughs> who who do you need me to make fun of okay yeah but it was it was weird cuz i remember just going i don't really care about this but some but i guess they like me so and i need to be on tv so here yeah that's fine with me i don't care that's what i'm and doing. um yeah so I don't know. Part of me is like, oh, I hope I didn't contribute too much to any of that. You know, the whole show did. I mean, yeah. the purpose of the show was to beat was to shit on people, forgetting mm-hmm. that they're actual people. And um, but that's, you know, it's, you know, I have other things to be more regretful of than me making. <laughs> I do, too. I have like a host of them. What am I dwelling on this show? They, they didn't use me that much. I wasn't Paul F. Tompkins for fuck's sake. I was just in for it. I would watch and just fast forward and be like, I was there for two hours and I have one line in the whole show. Come on, man. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That is so funny. But I got to do the show, like the live shows with the, like Nick Kroll was on a lot of them and John Mulaney and, uh, yeah, it was fun. And Melissa, Melissa Rauch. I like, I, I think there's a lineup where, where three of the four are multimillionaires now. And the fourth is me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I, uh, there was, so, there was, there was, what, what, what other drama happened in standup this week? Wasn't there something else going down? Somebody cared about something that some comic was doing for, for no good reason. I don't know, but I don't uh, know. it's been, it's, it was, it's exhausting. It's, you know, what sucks is we're not seeing each other in person. A lot of like this animus that can build up, it, it comes because we're all be, we're all not near each other. I mean, you, you can think someone's this way and that way. And then you, then you say hello to them and they, they're a full human being and, uh, who, who still might be right wing or something, but I don't know. It's, um, yeah. I, Oh, I know what I wanted to say is you were hmm. talking about, uh, adding, uh, tacking on stuff. I have like three new, uh, I have one, pretty much one new bit, one new chunk in the middle of, um, I think it's, yeah, it's the gender sexuality bit. I've got Mm -hmm. a new, a new angle on that Mm -hmm. because I did a podcast called writer's block with a couple Mm -hmm. of Minneapolis comics, Mm -hmm. uh, good guys. Uh, but I did not know that that was going to be public. I thought it was going to Patreon. Uh, and so, and they took a couple of clips of the parts of the joke that was done and then their tag ons were the end of the clip, right. You know, to show sort of a clip of the funny thing that happened to the show. And I was like, that joke isn't done. That joke is actually brand new in in Uh, progress, such in progress. And I was hoping that, uh, and surprise being such a big part of stand up. I think, I think uh, the only part of stand-up comedy is it's one of it's a, it's integral. It's integral. <laughs> and, uh, so does the joke feel tainted now? Uh, taint none of my concern. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. I'm just. I'm. Please let us be at sixty minutes right now. I know. There's I no just, reason like, I did for the show to go on. We're at forty. Oh, yeah. awful! Terrible timing, Jackie. This <laughs> pandemic sucked with everything. Do we want to take a break? Yes. Hey, it's Jesse. What you're about to hear is real. Hey, this is Chris. Hi, Chris. It's Jesse calling for Maximum Fun. Hey, Jesse. I heard that you got into a car accident. Yeah, I was listening to Stop Podcasting Yourself, and I just laughed so hard that I uh, slammed into a construction barrier. (laughs) (laughs) You remember what it was that was so funny? I will never forget, I'm sure. They started talking about Vegas and the, you know, if it happens here, it stays here, and that slogan. And Graham was talking about, oh, you know, wasn't there some other slogan for another commercial? It was like a commercial for food, and it said, like, whatever's in there stays in there. I can't remember what it was, clams or something. (laughs) (laughs) Clams? Just so ridiculous. And man, I got lightheaded. I was laughing so hard. Next thing I know, (laughs) smash. They are are just brilliantly funny. So I talked to Dave and Graham from Stop Podcasting Yourself. We would like to pay your car repair bill. Is that okay? That, I mean, that would be super nice, Jesse. I really, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Did we talk about this last week? 
somebody was offered a week in uh, at a club that we've we've both worked as headliners at, and the money was less than half, right? Right. Wait. Yeah. In our chat, let me. Um... It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't this, was it? Yes. Okay. Oh. Okay. Right. So it was so, me. Yeah. Oh, that was, was you. That. Oh, yeah. sorry. I forgot. Um, but I mean, offered me that and it was flat. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm not saying the, the club is being cheap. I don't know because they, they've been closed for a year and, uh, they have, what's the audience? Is it 20%? What's the capacity? I think it's 35. I oh think it's, my fucking it's God. Light. It's super low. Very light. No, that's terrible. That's terrible. And so it just makes you go, fuck how, how are, how are people going to make a living? Like that money that you were offered isn't a living. It's, it's, uh, you know, get by work. It's uh-huh. not, it's not mortgage money. Mm-hmm. No, it's right. not, it's not Gordy money. Believe me, that fucking dog's going to start costing money. Trust me. It's not replacing the things Gordy chewed. <laughs> Gordy's not a chewer or a barker. Get oh this. my God. What the fuck? We lucked out. Oh she, my God. And, and he's genuinely polite. So it's been, uh, it's been really very, a bit of a gift, but you're right. The money, the money was so low that I didn't have a problem saying no, though. I'm, I, I literally where I'm at right now is I, I can't go out until I at least get the first. Yeah. If you were fully vaccinated, you would take that money, right? I I would probably go. Yeah, for sure. I just need the, I need the stage time. You need something. Yeah, but, but it, in term, but in terms of like, uh, it's ba- it's a band aid, you know. And I'm just saying for in general for for working comedians to be paying their bills, how's how if this is going to be like the next two or three years as things start to slowly open up, you know? Yeah, it's called a depression. And, yeah, uh, but I think that it's 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 interesting because I. Like, I'm, first of all, I'm worried that the audience won't be ma- masked or vaccinated as right, well. Right, right. Like, my dad got the second shot, and all <laughs> I could think is, is he being a jerk and wandering around without a mask now? Because yeah. he thinks he's invincible, even though he's 83 and he smoked four packs of cigarettes for 40 years wow. a day. And um, you're like... I would think a strong breeze could knock you over, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Feel free to wear a mask. And... Um, well, you know, uh, a woman sent me an email. She, she had gone to a comedy show in Australia, I guess, mm-hmm. recently. And um, their situation is a lot better than ours. And uh, the comic was unmasked and the audience was. And she thought that, and it this makes sense to me, that it was very jarring for the comedian to try to perform for all these masked people. Because it does, you, you still can't really judge a joke that well, you know, Yeah, but guess what? I've been looking at, at dome lights. You know? I know, no, no, I'm just saying, I, I know it'll be better, but it's, it's, uh, whatever. It's still, yeah. It's still, it's still going to be at least a year or two before we can approach what we had last oh, year. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cause there's variants now. Oh, and, someone uh, learned a new word. <laughs> Sure. You sound all, you sounded very proud. I'm scientific. <laughs> uh, I have, I have science issues, but, uh, yeah. Um, well, the, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad that there's new material though in my life right now. Yes. Me there's too. a couple of new jokes that I can work on where I'm like, it feels good. Oh, I just, it's not that I don't want to work on the stuff that needs work on. I just, I have two favorite chunks. And then I have a couple of short jokes that I really still love. And then there's just the rest of it. They're good jokes and they, and they could be better if I worked on them, but I'm a little, I'm a little tired of them. It's supposed to be fun. If it doesn't, like you can put a bit away for a little while and bring it back in a month or two when it feels fun. You know, if you aren't, if you aren't at least close to having fun, then, you know, Right. Nobody's having fun. If I'm not yeah. having fun, genuinely no one else is having fun. Yes. Right. Then you're, I, you are in charge of the fun when you're on stage. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the gig. <laughs> anyway, where are we at here? We are at 51. Hmm. Wow. This is uh, it's entirely on you, Lori. Oh <laughs> you can fill these nine minutes. Oh <laughs> I might just check my email. Is that would that be rude? Would that be 
Um, that would be just like you. At least set the dog in front of the camera. Oh wait, did you did you see did, uh, Max Fun sent out uh, pins? So I got um, you got to see. I have one for Kyle. I, oh, I, they sent me one. I'm gonna. So they just sent you one on my shelf. Yeah. I oh, there you go. Thing. It is a high quality product. Very nice. Mm-hmm. That. I do love it. I wish I was 12 so I could really use it. Um, right, and put it on something neat. Oh, yeah, it's on, on a, a chocky shelf. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I, I, um, What's your dream gig? Um, How about that? It's almost like asking you what to do. This is like an early episode kind of, let's go to the notebooks. Uh, at this point, uh, let's, uh, what's your, what's your, what's your, what's your oh, dream? A, a podcast where I'm interrupted in the middle of a thought by asking what my dream gig is. She's That's back, you guys. She's back. <laughs> I'm saying I, I was working on my novel and I'm like, this feels like hell it's because it takes place in this time frame. So, and we're still in this time frame. We're not out of it. There's a lot of problems. It's a lot of things that are hard about it, but I, but I keep going, well, what would be, how, what would make this fun to write? So, uh, there's an X character that I was sort of basing on my actual X. And then I was like, well, what if it's this other X, the fun X, Right, the Russian ex, the guy whose voice I still have on my head because I did an impression of him for ten years straight. Yeah, what yeah. if he's the guy? You know, and then it became fun. It wasn't like it's yeah, I don't know. It, it, when you're writing something, like we're comedians, and we're when we're writing something, it should be fun for us to write. It shouldn't be a, if it's a slog. We're uh, we're on the wrong road. You yeah, know? yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's not. Um, you know, the, the, that doesn't mean that it, that there isn't work to be done and that the work can can stall a little bit. But it, on the yeah. whole, you better yes. be excited about what you're writing. You better yeah. be excited about where, where you're trying, where you're seeing where it goes. Yeah. And what, fun. Yes. And it gives you and when you see it, you're like, oh, there's possibilities there. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, oh, how do I do this? You know, sometimes the how do I do this isn't because you're not a good writer or you're not skilled. It's because it's not this one shouldn't be put together. This math problem doesn't work. But right. this one, this one makes your your fingers tingle. Yeah, maybe that's the one to go down because that sounds yeah, like some fun stuff. I know I got uh, asked to do um, to write just a short thing that'll go in a book about the women of Marvel. Uh, mm-hmm. comics mm-hmm. or I just write about my favorite uh, women characters in Marvel uh, comic books and so I just started pulling or when I say I I mean Andy I would essentially <laughs> tell Andy that what was that Dr. Afro run that I liked what was that uh, what was that run with um there was um Agents of uh, Agents of Hate, Next Wave. Mm. Agents of Hate was an amazing run with a lot of women comics, including Monica Rambeau. Uh, like just a lot of great comics. And so I've reread these. Uh, the first, the I read Next Wave, and it was great. It was written by Warren Ellis, who's mm. a very famous uh, comic book writer, and he was and he writes women really well. But it was it was interesting waiting for the characters to be sort of full, you know. And um, and I ended up. Uh, I, I kind of want I kind of want to write a woman comic book writer writing women characters, but I didn't want to pick like the two obvious ones are Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel. They're both written by women and they're both very, very good. But he, they've got a lot of people writing this stuff. So um, I was like, I'm willing to pick something a little off. Right. And Kelly Thompson wrote this amazing run of of just um of, it's called West Coast Avengers. You can't possibly care, but this is a real clock eater, so it's a good one. But the thing- our listeners are riveted. That's what I know. Because <laughs> they love you and hate me. So go ahead, keep talking, Jackie. I love the. I, I, I was so sincere. But here's the scoop: is there's there's a Hawkeye character that Kelly Thompson is writing, and a Gwen and a Deadpool character that are both essentially parallel to the male characters so mm-hmm. there's a kate bishop is the is the woman hawkeye and gwenpool is the woman deadpool and they're both in this west coast avengers and um and i think i might write 
that one just because, oh, and America Chavez is in it, who is, um, who I would like her to have. I would like Kelly Thompson to write her all the time. And, um, but it's just, you know, I wanted to, I, and it's not long, it's super short, but for some reason I haven't been able to start it. And um, <laughs> I feel like your description of this gig is longer than whatever you're going to write about it. It's longer than anything they even want. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Hmm. It's just, but I'm, I'm excited to write anything for Marvel ever. So that's amazing. Um, Kyle, how, how much time have we done? Uh, we are at 57 oh my and not God. even like 57 heavy. Like it just turned to 57. Oh, so okay. So full three minutes left. Yeah. What about, what about, what about this? We're mm-hmm. doing another, um, comic of the week show. Oh Yeah. In March, yes, and um, Nia Debose interested. Always, always exciting. Cool. But I, I mean, Nia Debose. You remember mm-hmm. her? Oh, of the week. And, yes. Uh, so uh, she's great. And then um, you had a couple ideas. And, yes. Uh, well, let's let's we could do this one off of the mic. Are you kidding me? I was <laughs> just like, that's a conversation. It's something. Is it- what are podcasts, but really the minutia? You know, <laughs> podcasts need to be curated a little bit. <laughs> just talking too much. It's not good. I'm telling you, these are bad for us in the long run. They really are. They're, we are, we're diluting our stage energy into these rambling conversations. And now we all think we're interesting for an hour. We're fucking not unless we're doing pre-prepared material that's been honed for a decade. That feels good. <laughs> I, I say we go a minute short. Uh, sure. After that rant, I think that's kind of perfect. We're still a minute 30 short. That's fine. All We're right. fine. Let's go a minute short, 30 short. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.